everybody. This is Pastor Josh here from Zion Hill Church family. We've been studying the Word of God. The goal is to study the whole Bible. We started the other day with the, with the book of Genesis. I'm so glad you are here again to join us. I hope that you're learning and I hope that you're ready to, to grab hold of the Word of God. We're in the book of Genesis. If you recall, I mentioned to you there are two sections of the whole book. The whole book of Genesis is divided to two sections. The first section is chapter 1 through chapter 11. And then we have chapter 12 all the way to chapter 50. The book is not really complicated at all. The first section of that book talks about God and the whole world. You probably remember the story of the creation. And the second section talks about God and a gentleman by the name Abraham and his family. So today we're going to be dealing with that second section of the Bible. But just for a quick review, you will recall I told you in the first section of the book of Genesis, it talks about the creation of the whole world. If you remember, one of the things that I find so significant about that story is that the first three days, God created space. I want you to think with me now and see his game plan, his modus operandi. He started out just creating space. That's the first two chapters of the Bible. And he created land, he created the sky, he created the sea. And then the, the last three days, that was the first three days. The last three days, then he created animals and fish and birds and human beings to fill the space that he created. You see his game plan? That makes sense. I can stop there and teach on that. Did you notice the, the structure, the plan of God to make the whole world? He wasn't doing things haphazardly. Many people are not blessed today because they're just all over the map. They can't even get their own dress together. <laughs> God wants you to be organized. God wants me to be organized. We need structure in our life. The first three days, he didn't create no animals, no human. He was just making space, land, sky, sea. You see the game plan? And then the last three days, he filled those spaces that he, he, he created with fish, with birds, with animals, with humans. Now we have the big picture. The whole world is now completed. No wonder why the Bible says on the seventh day, he rested. That's another sermon by itself. When are you going to rest? I need to be saying that to my own self. <laughs> Sometimes my wife has to remind me, hey, you need to slow down. You need to take a break. Just rest. Sometimes we can be too busy. Seriously. Every now and then, take a break. Go on vacation. Just chill, my friend. If God see it necessary, don't you think 
you and I need to take a break from time to time. Just think about it. Now we have the whole world created. And then you remember in chapter 3 of the Bible, of the book of Genesis, human beings basically screwed up. We failed. We disobeyed God. You know the story. Adam and Eve, they went through the wrong route. And now things begin to go downward spiral. And then you get to chapter 6 of the book of Genesis. What you will notice there, my friend, is that God got fed up. And he decided to wipe out the whole planet. Wow. Somebody must have got on his nerves. <laughs> have you ever got so mad that you just want to shut down everything? I've been there. But thank God for grace and mercy. God decided to, to use the flood to destroy the whole planet. But in his grace and mercy, he saved a family by the name of just destroyed completely. Now we have Adam and his family, the only people left on earth. But you know the story, just like the first Adam, Noah messed up. The brother got too drunk. <laughs> I guess I'd be drunk too <laughs> if I was locked up in that act for so many days, so many months. But thank God for grace and mercy. The Lord would never give up on us. But the problem is the human beings begin to do wrong and continues to do wrong. Even after Noah, there was a series of people. And you remember how one problem after the other uh just people will not do right. To the point that we get to chapter 11 of the book of Genesis. And then you see these people trying to build a tower. The Bible call it the Tower of Babel. They want to go and reach God. Can you imagine human beings trying to reach God? My friend, let me tell you one thing. Your hand, my hand, is too short to box with God. You know, I see people, they be running their mouth, they be cursing and using God's name in vain. Please be careful. You don't want to get God tickled. These folks, they just started, they came up with some engineering about making bricks and they think, yes, we're going to build our own thing. We're going to go meet God up there and see what he see up to and learn all these tricks. But you know what happened? God confused them. They no longer could understand each other. There's a lesson there. Don't become as smart, Ali, that you are smart your own self and cause destruction into your own life. Ladies and gentlemen, it is very, very important that you, me, all of us recognize that we are nothing close to who God is. God is God all by himself. That is why you need to learn to respect God. You need to learn to reference God. That is why you need to not ignore God in your daily activities. If I were you, I will include God in my program. If I were you, I will include God in my agenda. 
If I were you, I won't even run a business without God. I happen to be a lawyer. I pastor a church. I teach in a college. Guess what? Without God, I am absolutely nothing. If you don't hear anything from this lesson, please grab hold of that. Too many people are messed up today because they have no reference for God. The whole earth was destroyed because of lack of reference for God. The people's language was scattered. They couldn't communicate to each other because of lack of respect for God. But one thing that amazes me, that brings us to the second part of the book of Genesis. Will you believe God was still trying to redeem people back to him? Would you believe that even though these people were acting ugly and acting crazy, God was still trying to rescue them? Believe it or not, that is God's story concerning you and me today. I wish I can tell you that I'm always good, I'm always acting right. But even in our mess up, it's good to know God still loves us. It's good to know God still cares. There's a lesson there for you and me. I don't care how far you've gone in your mess up. Some of you will say, Pastor, you don't know. I've, I've screwed up so bad. Even God don't like me no more. No. Believe me when I tell you, God still loves you. Right where you are now, it don't matter what you have done. doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter how bad you've acted. Even myself, I'm not always perfect. I know I look perfect, you know. <laughs> but don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by my good looks. The reality is that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God was always looking for a way to bring us back to him, to show us that he still cares and he still loves us. That's how the second part of the book of Genesis all began, from chapter 12 all the way to chapter 50. God literally looked for a man, just like he did for Noah. He sought for a man, just like he did for Adam. He sought for a man because those people let him down now he found another man. This guy is by the name Abraham. And the whole second part of the book of Genesis was God's dealing with this man Abraham and all of his family. Why is God looking for Abraham? Because he needed somebody to walk through to rescue the whole planet. He made a deal with Abraham. He said, look, boo. Here's what, what you need to do. If you will leave your kinfolk, I'll take you to a place. And when I get you there, believe me, I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Check that out. Did you hear what God is saying? He's telling this dude he will rescue the whole earth through him. That was exactly God's game plan. 
because the whole earth is messed up now. And everybody is doing their own thing. He wanted to raise up a man and bless that man to the point that the whole world will be looking at him and say, whoa, 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 what did you do, Abraham? How did you get all these blessings? And Abraham, in turn, can point to God and hopefully bring the whole earth back to God. So God has, has, has a game plan. I don't know about you. I don't do too many things without a plan. If you see me smiling, there's a plan behind it. <laughs> All my children have finally figured it out. That this dude is up to something. God's plan was to rescue the whole planet. And he just wanted to use Abraham as an example to do it. He promised him and he made a covenant with him. I wish I get time to teach you about covenant. God is a covenant making God. It's a covenant-keeping God. If God promised you that he's going to bless you, you can take it to the bank. If God promised you that he's going to heal your body, no devil in hell can make you sick. God is faithful to his word. He made a covenant with Abraham. He said, look, if you would do this, I would do that. And part of God's covenant with Abraham is to make his name great. Just think about that for a moment. Here's a dude that has no name. And now God is promising him he will make his name great. I wish I can testify sometimes. I felt like Abraham. You know, I came to this country with nothing. Absolutely nothing. All I had to my name was a $100 check that was given to me by a white missionary. Her name is Barbara Epperson. Nice woman of God. Just trying to help me. Guess what happened? That check bounced. When I got here, the check was no good. I didn't say that to put Miss Epperson down because her intentions were good. I wanted for you to know how God can take a no-name person and make that person become a man or woman of great name. My friend, I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you don't even have a job and you're thinking, hey, I'm nobody. I'll never make it. Or maybe you're struggling from paycheck to paycheck. Believe me when I tell you, I'm talking from personal experience. You serve a God who loves you so much and can make something beautiful out of you. Even though nobody knows you now, he can give you a name. I'm amazed when I would go around in the community, young and old, black and white, they want to stop me and talk to me and say, hey, you're the man on TV. <laughs> Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm smiling, but deep inside of me, I'm crying. Those are tears of joy because I know I was just a man like Abraham with no name. But God said, I will make your name great. That's what God can do for you, my friend. But will you believe 
with all those promises, two things I want you to notice about Abraham. Number one, he trusts God. He really believed what God said. I want to encourage you today to learn to trust God. The Bible says he was fully persuaded that God would do what he said to him. That's very commendable. The other thing I want you to know about Abraham, he's still a human being. He messed up so much. One time he lied, literally, about his wife. Can you believe that? This is the same guy God is trying to use him and save the whole planet. Another time he allowed his own wife to talk him into committing adultery or fornication with another woman. That young lady was his servant. That young lady's name was Hagar. What am I trying to tell you? Abraham was no, he was not perfect. He was just like you, just like me. That is why I always tell you there is hope for every one of us. Never, never allow the devil to make you think you're no good. If God calls you holy, you are holy. In spite of Abraham's limitation, in spite of Abraham's shortcoming, God made him father of many nations. Israel is still strong today because that whole country was birthed out of one person by the name Abraham. God literally was so kind, his commitment to Abraham was passed down through generation. See, Abraham had two kids. Beginning from Genesis chapter 12, you know, he had Ishmael. You know, I, I told you, Abraham ended up fornicating with a servant girl. Yeah, they birthed a young man by the name Ishmael. Then later on, Abraham had, had another child called Isaac. God passed his promise, his covenant from Abraham to Isaac. Isaac also had two children. One is named Esau. The other one is named Jacob. You probably remember how Jacob was a trickster. You ever been a trickster? Jacob was more like a deceiver. You know, the kind that would party all day, all night. <laughs> you remember how Jacob literally, the Bible say, he was the second born and he tricked his older brother, Esau, so that he could get his daddy to bless him and not the other guy. What am I trying to tell you? The Bible is so real. It shows the reality that we're dealing with ordinary flesh and blood, human beings just like you and me, who make mistakes, who repent, who get back on track, who miss the mark, and God straightens things out. Then God passed that blessing from Abraham to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob. Then if you remember, if you keep on reading the book of Genesis, then Jacob had 12 kids. This dude is something else. <laughs> and out of those 12 children, he loved one of them especially. His name is Joseph. 
You probably have heard of Joseph. He loved Joseph. He gave him a coat of many colors. Of all the 12 kids, Joseph stand out. Do you know why he loved Joseph so much? Number one, because Joseph was a child of his old age. Number two, Joseph was born of a woman by the name Rachel, whom Jacob really loved. By the way, Jacob has four wives. That's another topic for another day. But one of those four wives is a woman by the name Rachel. And Joseph just adored this woman. So that's why he loved her child, Joseph. But even though the father loved Joseph, the other brothers were jealous of him. They were actually hateful. They were mean and ugly to him. Eventually, they sold him into slavery. I mean, it's just one amazing miracle after the other. Jacob was not the best guy himself, the, the father, but God humbled him. You know how God got his attention? His own uncle by the name Laban cheated on him. You see, it's all in the bloodline. Abraham messed up. <laughs> Isaac messed up. And now Jacob messed up. Then he was defrauded by his own uncle, Laban. But one time he came to himself. One time the Bible said that experience humbled him. And one time in his dream, he wrestled with God, literally. Until God saw his persistence and God saw his commitment and God blessed him anyhow. And God changed his name from Jacob a chaster, a deceiver, to Israel. So when you hear about the name Israel today, that is the name that God literally gave to Jacob. That's how the whole nation came to be. And then one of his four, 12 children was Joseph. And because the other 11 kids hate Joseph, they sold him into slavery. He found himself sold to a merchant in Egypt, and then he ended up in, I mean, he was dumped in the pit. They brought him out, they sold him into slavery, and then he was taken to Egypt. And then when he got to Egypt, somebody lied on him, and then he ended up in prison from the pits to the prison. And then somehow he had a dream. He was able to provide wisdom for the leaders of Egypt to the points that they brought him out of jail. And from being a prisoner, the king of Egypt literally made him the second man in command of the whole nation. It's a lesson there. He is a young man hated by his own king folks, ended up in the pit, and from the pit, he ended up in prison, and from prison, he ended up in the palace. Wow. Do you know that may be your, your own story? You may think you're having a hard time right now. You may think there's just no hope. 
You may think things are just not looking good. Don't have money to take care of my kids. Don't have money to take care of myself. I'm just struggling financially. My health, my family, my friends, a few. I mean, you can make a list of all that. But you serve a God that can turn things around for you. How I know that? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I wish I could just hang out with you sometimes and just tell you my own story. I wish you and I can just go to Popeye Chicken or somewhere and get two-piece dinner and, and chicken wing or something, get diet cook. Yeah, you gotta be diet. You gotta try to stay shape. <laughs> but the amazing thing about Joseph is that God took him from nothing and made something out of him. You know what I'm trying to tell you? That same God is your God. That same God is your Savior. He loves you and he has a plan for you. And believe me when I tell you, the plan and purpose of God will manifest in your life. Joseph became number two in the nation. And it got even better because the nation of Egypt, because of Joseph's dream, because of Joseph's wisdom, they have food when there was famine in the whole world. Just like right now, we're having a pandemic. Now we have coronavirus. You know that, you know. That's not just in America. The reason why we call it a pandemic is because it affects the whole world, the whole earth. You go to Asia, they're dealing with coronavirus. You go to Europe, they're dealing with coronavirus. You go to America, North America, South America, they're dealing with coronavirus. You go to Africa, they're dealing with coronavirus. You go to Russia, China, everywhere. That's why we call it a pandemic. But this is not the first pandemic in the world. Back then, in the book of Genesis, their own pandemic was lack of food. The whole world ran out of food. But guess who had food because of the wisdom God gave to Joseph? The country of Egypt, where Joseph was number two in command. And it was so funny, his own folks in Israel were starving. And they came to Egypt to beg for food, but they didn't realize that their own son, Joseph, is the, is the main man, is the guy in charge. And when they came to Egypt, guess what? Joseph fed them. Joseph took care of his own children his own people, his own brothers and sisters. I wish, can I get personal with you? You know, I come from Africa. I have some brothers and sisters there. And they're not doing as well as I am, just to be honest with you. But guess what? I see myself as a Joseph. The Lord sent me here so I can take care of them. Isn't it that amazing how God will use you to be a blessing to your own king folks. Never, never take for granted or underestimate what God can do through you. 
Joseph find himself feeding his own people. His own people, they, they don't even recognize that they're dealing with their own. You know how the story, the book of Genesis ends? Joseph finally revealed himself to them. They were shocked to find out this, this guy that we sold many years ago. They thought he's dead by then. They thought he's nobody. But Joseph didn't hate on them. Joseph did not revenge. You know what he told them? And this is the conclusion of the whole book of Genesis. He said, look, you guys meant it for evil. But God meant it for my good. Wow, what a way to end a book. Well, let me, let me share this with you before I let you go. There are some lessons that we all can learn from that book of Genesis. The next time we meet, I'll go to the next book of the Bible. My plan is to go through the whole Bible so that when you get a chance to read it, you will remember, oh, this is what Pastor Josh was talking about. Oh, this is how this one connect with this. This is how that story connect with that story. There are lessons from every book of the Bible. The question is, what lessons can we learn from the book of Genesis? Number one, are you ready for this? I'm excited. I'm enjoying myself here. I got some brothers helping me out here. Maurice is here with me. He's my media guy, you know. He's the guru who makes things up, you know. <laughs> FG, FG is here. See, MG went to school to study all this stuff, you know. These guys are smart. I don't know. I just run my mouth. But let me tell you some lessons I learned from the book of Genesis. Number one, when you remember the story of creation, what I got out of it is how God can step into nothing and make something out of it. Whoa, that may be you. That's the way I felt. I never thought in my wildest dream that God could be using me like he's doing right now. I remember I, I started teaching at Louisiana College as an adjunct. He was just a sidekick. Didn't know nobody did. Just want to do my own thing. I'm amazed how God has promoted me. Now I'm the dean of the school we are work. Can you believe it? An African student who can't even speak English right. I'm telling you, my friend, God can make something happen in your life. He, the Bible said the earth was without form. Darkness was in the midst of the deep. And God stepped in the middle of nothing and created a beautiful planet out of it. And created a beautiful world. That's why I say to you, my friend, never allow anybody to talk you into defeat or discouragement. God can make something beautiful out of you. Say amen. <laughs> you know, something else I learned from the book of Genesis. I'm just having a good time here, you know. 
and notice that God loves people and God will forgive people when they messed up. Guess what? I went through people after people. Adam sinned. Noah sinned. I mean, Cain and Abel. God will forgive you and me when we messed up. But you know what? There are consequences for sin. That's the lesson I got out of. Just because God forgives us, that don't mean we don't pay consequence for our sins. I am telling you, my friend, I have noticed that when Adam messed up, there were serious consequences that followed, such as shame, such as blaming one another, such as fear. That sounds like some of what we're dealing with today, my friend. Such as a feeling of guilt, a feeling of shame, such as hiding. The Bible says they were so messed up, they were hiding from God. God literally come in the cool of the day and say, hey, dude, where are you? Adam said, I'm here somewhere. I heard your voice. I noticed I'm naked, so I went hiding. That's what sin would do to you and me. You know what I'm trying to get at? Don't take God's forgiveness for granted. Just because God forgives us, that don't mean we don't face consequences of sin. So you're better off to stay away as much as you can from sin. I realize you're not perfect. I'm not perfect either. But do your very best. Can you imagine if I go sleep with a woman and then we make a baby and then I say, I'll just go to God. God will forgive me. Well, we still have a baby. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to tell you? There are consequences for sin. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. As much as it depends on you, try your best to live a life of integrity. Try your best to shy away from sin because sin has consequence. There's another lesson I picked up from, from the book of Genesis. It's called the grace of God. Wow. The grace of God. You say, what are you talking about? Where did you see all that? Remember when Adam messed up. The one thing that I noticed is that God killed a lamb. A lamb was innocent. The lamb didn't sin. The lamb didn't eat the forbidden fruit. Adam and Eve did. But God killed an innocent lamb and used the skin of that lamb to cover their shame. Wow. That is a foreshadowing, a forecast of what God is going to do through the person of Jesus Christ. That's the power of his grace. I want to tell you, my friend, you may have done some things that you're not too proud of. You may have a history 
that when you look back over your own life, you say, no, ain't no way God could save me. But there is something called the grace of God. I want you to think of that word, the grace of God, because I believe even though we were deserving to die, even though Adam was, dis was deserving to be punished, but because of the grace of God, God made a way out of no way. Just a few, few weeks ago, I preached a sermon to my congregation here in Pineville that God can make a way out of no way. Even as we go through this so-called coronavirus, I just know in my spirit that God will make a way. God will provide an answer. No disrespect to the doctors and the nurses. I mean, they're trying their best, bless their heart. i got some children in that field. I love them. I watch them. I listen to them. But at the end of the day, my faith look up to God. David said, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help don't come from nobody but the maker of heaven and earth. I really believe, just like God made a way for Adam, when he looked, there is no way out for him. He messed up, he's completely screwed up. I believe no matter what you're going through, God will make a way for you also. Let me share one more lesson with you before we go. I know your time is precious. You know one thing I also picked up from this book of Genesis? Towards the end of that book, chapter 15, notice how Joseph connected his pain to his purpose. I've seen people that would tell me, Pastor, you only know what I've been through. Everybody has been through something. I've been through some things too. But the question is, are you going to be bitter about it? Are you going to allow what you went through to make you angry at people? To make you angry at God? To make you miserable? That now you're living in depression and you can't even function? Joseph went through so much pain. But he never lose focus of his purpose. He connected all those pain to his purpose. That's why when he finally found his brothers that sold him into slavery, he looked them in the eye and said, look, guys, I know when you did it, you meant it for evil. But look at my purpose. What you did for evil, God has turned around for my good. And I just pray for you, my friend, that as we, we close our study of the book of Genesis, that the plan and purpose of God will be revealed in your life. That the plan and purpose of God will manifest in your life. Trust me when I tell you, God has a plan for you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's got your back. And no weapon formed against you shall prosper. God bless you until we meet again. The next time we meet, we go to the next book of the Bible, the book of Exodus.